Happy Sabbath, everybody. All right. Now, I, I, ju- I hope that you're as excited as I am. Um, what well, Kunar went over this morning with some, some very nice information. It interests every one of us, if not for any other reason, but one is because we are Americans. Right? And everything about America interests Americans. Amen? All right. But secondly, because it's God's word, right? Which should be foremost before you're an American. Right? Because the whole world should understand this. Because where, where does the Sunday law begin? So the whole world should, when the world sees what's happened to America, what should they be doing? Making preparation for when it comes to their shores. Right? These things we all should be interested in. And so by God's grace, I'll just pick up right where Kunar left off, showing very similar things from a different angle. Amen? All right. The Bible says that the testimony of? Two or three, let every word be established. So we're going to try to establish these things from a different perspective. Amen? Let us pray. Amen. All right. If I see you those enough, I'm going to call you. I really do want everybody to understand this. Okay. This is really important. I mean, it's important to me, and I want it to be important to you. Right? If I see anybody those enough, I'm going to call you up. Okay? Man, woman, and child. Amen? What's happening in in our world today is very important, and the Bible is really shedding light upon it. It's really shedding light upon it, because the Bible says, in the world you shall have tribulation but in me you shall have what Christ wants to give us that peace right but that peace only comes by an understanding of God's word amen so in the notes uh, before Kennard finished he highlighted that in Millerite history Daniel 8 was the subject amen in our history Daniel 11 was the subject in our history particularly in this time from the fifth day of the fourth month Daniel 11, 3 and 4 is the subject, right? So we could even narrow it down to what verse the Lord is dealing with at this time, amen? So um, we're going to look at Daniel 11, 3 and 4 today, okay? The first quote, let me remind us. It says, in how many age? So since the fifth day of the fourth month, there was what? A new development of truth, a message of God to the people of that generation. The old truths are? All essential. How many of it is essential? All of it. it. And new truth is not independent of the, but on what? Like like Kana has been saying, what is the Lord really teaching us? Old truths, right? All these things. The funny funny thing is, not funny, but what I praise God for is he shows us these things and you go read the pioneers and you'll be like, ah, he said it. He said it the exact way the Lord showed it to me. Amen? And praise God for that because it shows that we are of the same mind, right? The same spirit, right? Nevertheless, we would not move on to new things until we understand the old things. This is what we must see. The Lord is not giving us anything new until we become like these pioneers, right? These men were wise. We ought to be wise, amen? It says, it is only as the what? 
all truths are what? Understood. That we can comprehend anew. This is why the Lord is giving us this lesson. It says, when Christ desired to open up to his disciples the truth of his resurrection, he began where? Moses. With the map, right? Moses and all the prophets, right? And he walked them down from the beginning all the way down to his time. What did A.T. Jones do? He walked them down from the beginning, Rome, all the way down to where? 1798, right? When he says, all of these things is there for whom? For America. Amen? Well, funny enough, it didn't begin with Rome. It, had, it began all the way before Rome. Amen? All right. So, Daniel 11.3, it says, And a mighty king shall stand up that shall rule with great dominion and do according to his will. Mighty king. The word mighty here from Strong's H1368. I'm only taking this one meaning, and it means tyrant. Okay? So when Alexander came up, the Bible says a tyrant came up. Amen? And the Lord showed us that, right? How did he show us that? How did he show us that? We, still, we did it for weeks. Abimelech, right? Right. Was Abimelech a tyrant? Yes, he was, of course. So, let us read in this next paragraph. We'll, we'll come back to this part about the tyrant. Remember, Alexander was a tyrant. Amen? So, Alexander is an example of all tyrants. Amen? All right. So, let's, let's see Alexander. It says, In the rapid conquest of Alexander, symbolized by the goat which touched not the ground, no mention has yet been made of the Jews. As God brought Nebuchadnezzar and Cyrus in direct contact with his people, that they might know the God of heaven, so he permitted Alexander to do what? So the purpose of God bringing nations in contact with his people is for what? Right. So that they may know him. No, Christ says that they may know me, the one, the one true God and Jesus Christ. Right? So Alexander was brought in contact with God's people so that he can what? Know him. All right, we'll come to that point later. It says, while that conqueror was passing from Tyre after its surrender towards Gaza, while the guards, which guards the entrance into Egypt, he stopped at Jerusalem. Josephus states, the great consternation, that great consternation filled the city when it was known that the Greek warrior was coming. But the high priest, Judas, had a dream in which he was bidden to go out to meet Alexander, arrayed in his priestly garments and accompanied by the temple officers clad in white. When Alexander met this company, much to the surprise of his army and generals, he bowed to the ground and worshipped the God whose name was on the mitre worn by the high priest. Who's Alexander? What, what other story we see that? Who bowed down? No, no. When they went to meet Esau. Right? And he went to meet Jacob. Right? What did he do? So we could bring those stories together to learn a thing or two. Amen? All right. So um, it says, when he met the company, um, he bowed to the ground and worshipped the one whose name is on the mitre. There is a false to that. Who, who else has a mitre with a name on it? Okay. All right. It says, he then accompanied the priest where? To the temple at Jerusalem where what happened? The sacrifices were explained. Listen to this. Moreover, 
the prophecies of Daniel concerning the rise and fall of Babylon, the conquest of Medo-Persia and its subsequent fall and rise of a third empire was explained. Alexander, sorry, Daniel, who had witnessed before Nebuchadnezzar and Cyrus, was what? Quoted to? So Daniel witnessed to Alexander. Amen? So is Daniel witness to Nebuchadnezzar? Daniel witness to Cyrus? Daniel witness to Alexander? And in the end of days, who stands in their lot? To do what? To witness to Rome. Amen? Continuing on. Daniel is always witnessing. The mighty conqueror was in the presence of the Spirit of God and was given the message that the Most High, what? Ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he? No, no, not a different message, right? Would he bow in submission and let God conquer for him? This was the opportune moment of his life. Alexander did what? Acknowledge God, but left Jerusalem and pushed forward in battle. Gaza fell. Egypt was entered. And there, in order to gratify selfish pride, he had himself proclaimed what? The son of Jupiter Ammon. He who might have been made a son of God chose rather to be called what? The son of Jupiter. Right? So what, have, what, what is our argument now? Who is a son and who is not a son, right? Boom, there it is. Fifth day of the fourth month, Biden, Alexander, right? And we have in the same argument. No coincidence, amen? All right, let's continue. It says the result of Greek education and learning is fully exemplified in this one act. So Greek education leads you to call yourself the son of Satan, amen? That the outcome of such a choice, a feat consummation of all Greek teaching was met at what? Babylon. At Babylon when the king at his prime laid down and died with no hope for the future. It, was, it is sad but impressive commentary, commentary for those who seek the ways of the world in preference of the truth of God. One thing which the inspired historian notes is that he would do how? According to his will. And I want to put it to us here that Biden is going to do according to his will. Who else did according to the will? Because I went over it this morning. Said by his policy. Right? Biden is going to do the same thing. It's not a difference. Amen? But what we're going to see is that every nation has the same spirit. Right? You could use Babylon to teach Greece. You could use Greece to teach the Medes and the Persian. All these nations do the same thing. Amen. Because all of them came together under the papacy. It's not different. Amen. This is what we must see, right? So you're going to see very close resemblance in Greece, in the papacy, in Babylon, in the Medes and the Persians. Everybody's following? All right. However, the Greek excelled in one thing, and that was education, right? So, it says, um, when a man makes such a resolution, it means that he had been offered a choice between Christ and, between God and, and he chose the latter, right? That's what Greek education leads to, amen? So, Alexander, a tyrant, he was given a choice, amen, between God and? And Satan. 
between prophecy and philosophy. Right? Between Greek mythology and Bible truth. He was given a choice. Right? Between the education of the world and the education of heaven. Amen? Alright. So now let's go to Genesis 10. Alexander was a what kind of man? It says a mighty king shall stand up. Right? A tyrant. The Bible must explain to us what, this, what mighty is. Amen? It says... Genesis 10 and verse 8 says, And Cush begat Nimrod, and he began to be what? A mighty one in the earth. Amen. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. And keep in mind, he was a hunter of men. He's not a hunter of animals. Right? Then it says, Wherefore it is said, Even Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. CHPA, I think this is A.T. Jones, right? Um, I don't remember what he called it, but this is Jones. He says, the Bible record of Nimrod is that he began to be a mighty one in the earth. Another translation reads, what can I go over this morning? Different, you, different Bibles can give you different information, right? Different translations. So what is A.T. Jones using? Another translation, right? He says, another translation reads, Kush begat Nimrod who was the first to be a what? A despot on the earth. He was an overbearing tyrant in Jehovah's sight. Wherefore, saying, even as Nimrod, the overbearing tyrant in Jehovah's sight. I mean, come on. Right? It's, the, it's, it's the literal translation. Right? So, Alexander... Rome is an overbearing tyrant. Amen? Alexander, overbearing tyrant. Amen? Nimrod, overbearing. So if we want to understand Greece better, we can look at Nimrod. Right? And we get a better understanding of what Daniel 11.4 is really teaching us. That's the point. Daniel 11.3, we can see it in Nimrod. It says, a mighty king shall stand up. Right? So here is Nimrod. What is he doing? Standing up. Right? Go ahead. Okay. Now, let's go to Romans. Remember, when Alexander went to Rome, to, to, to Jerusalem, what was shown him? The sanctuary? And what? And, and, and the pioneer said he had the opportunity to do what about God? To know God. Amen? Look, our Bible is nice. Every word was chosen carefully. Listen to this text in Romans. Listen to this. Because that when they what? When they what? When they knew God. Is that talking about Alexander? Yes. Because that when they knew God, they what? Called themselves the son of Jupiter. Right? They glorified him not as? As God. It says... Neither were thankful, but became what? Where? Keep that in mind. Right? The vainness is in the what? What does the papacy say? Romario brought it up. Something in the what? Right? It's, it's in their heart. They're evil. Right? This is what it's saying here. It's saying that they became vain in their imagination and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became what? And did what? 
and change the glory of the corruptible God into an image made like unto Alexander took all that he learned and attributed it to himself. Amen? Go ahead. Thank you. The uncorruptible God. Praise God. Student of prophecy, right? Close reader. Praise God. So Alexander went into, into Jerusalem and everything that was given him, he took it and corrupted it. Right? Is that what the Bible tells us? What do we expect Nimrod to do? The very same thing, right? So what do we expect our current president to do? Keep in mind, it's past, present, and, and future, right? Amen. Amen. So let's now go on to um, AMS. I think this is Jones again, but I don't know. American Sentinel, right? Listen to what he says, com commenting on uh, what we just read. He says, note that at first, men did what? Men did know God. This is Alexander, right? It says, but they chose not to glorify him, not to honor him, not to give him first place in all their what? Thoughts and actions. Knowing God, they did not like to retain him in their knowledge. The next step was that they became what? Vain in their imaginations. Alexander didn't want to retain God in his knowledge, so he became vain and he imagined himself as a God, right? Then it says, they professed, themselves, they professed themselves to be wise. The consequence was that they became fools and their foolish hearts were darkened. In their vain imagination, they made what? Gods of their own. So before, I think it's probably in here. Never mind, I'll just read it. And then to assist them in their worship, they made images of the gods which they had what? So when a man makes a God, where does it come from? From his imagination. Right? No man worships anything that is not a part of his own what? Do you see why popery is a religion of the human heart? Those who will worship the Pope at the end of the world is not worshiping the Pope. They are worshiping self. Self is what they worship in. Right? And I'm going to touch on that. The Bible says if any man worship the beast and what? If any man worship the Pope and himself, right? The image you make it in your heart, it's not. Bro, it's you. That text is about you. Right? The same shall drink of the? Of the wine of the wrath. Let's continue. Bold part. The image was always the what? Tangible form of God which they had already conceived where? Imagining is simply what? Mental imaging. I mean, say again? It's x-rays. Amen? When a man does something on the outside, it's telling you what's in his mind. This is what Christ says. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, speak. Amen? That's why the Bible says we should be slow to what? You know why? Evil thoughts creep up in our minds. And when evil thoughts creep up, we have to shut our mouth. Right there, so that the thoughts of our heart is not made manifest to other men. Amen? We should change that thought before we speak. Amen? Amen. Praise God. The outward form of the God, whether it be the sun shining in the heavens, or a hideously shaped block of wood or stone, is only the outward form of the imaging 
that has already been performed in the imagination. Thus, from the knowledge of the true God, they went to worship of false gods. From the light, they went to darkness. From righteousness, they went to all of it starts in the mind. Right? Paul says, with the mind, I do what? Yeah, and he's right. All right, whether it be righteousness or wickedness, it starts in the mind. Right? So, those who go against the Constitution, where have they already gone against the Constitution? In the heart. In the heart. What is the heart of this nation? They've already overthrown the Constitution. That's what the Bible is showing us. They've, that's why Kanar was saying that you have to see it before it happens. Right? Because the Bible says the Word of God is quick, sharper than any two-edged sword, and is a discerner of what? The thoughts and what? Intents of the... What do we have? The Word of God. So what is He showing us? The heart of men. It's showing us the heart of men. And because of that, people are going to say, Oh, so you're a heart reader? No, I'm not. The Bible is, and I stand on the Bible. Amen? Let us continue. Somebody was making a point? I was going to say then, so then the Pope, the Pope then has his hold in, in, in the heart of this earth. Yes. So, yeah, because the first, the first point that shows that, it shows that this league with, with um, Rome and the, um, the Jews? No, the, well, yeah, same thing. Well, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, oh, with, um, Rome. With, Roman Reagan. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he entered into the glorious land, yeah, right? Yeah. Amen. And now he's just, once he once he gets the heart of the nation, it's done. Amen. Amen. All right. So, next quote, AMS May 20. This is what the pioneer says. The first man to do this was whom? Nimrod. Nimrod. Nimrod was the first man in the world who had the boldness to take to himself the title and prerogative of what? And the reason why he used king is because, I don't have it in here, but these men before that point, when they used the word king, it was always in reference to their gods. It was never in reference to a man. Once Nimrod took the word king to himself, what is he saying? I'm God. I am God. Right? Right there he's saying I am God. So, rule of first mention, right? Whenever a man calls himself king, what is he calling himself? There you go. Every time you see a king in the Bible, then, who is he a representative of? His God. Right? Whatever God he worships. Right? Whether it's the God of self or the God of heaven. He's representing the God he worships. Amen? So continue on. It says, I, I'm not going to finish this today, by the way. But I want to get these po points, some of these points in here. I really do like it. Right? So it says, um, who, who had the boldness to take to himself the title and prerogative of king in the face of what? Of the yet lingering idea of whom? Of God as king. Amen? I'm jumping ahead of the reading. I should just read. Right? Amen? So, it says that when they knew God, they glorified him not what? That's what Nimrod did, right? Which means, if, you, if you're not doing what God says, what are you doing? Your own, your own will. Now you do not. So it says, a mighty king shall stand up and shall do what? According to his will. We said that that mighty king 
is our current president. But now we have to understand then what it means to do according to your will. Again, the Bible is its own expositor. Let us refer to the Bible. Genesis 4 and verse 7. It says, If thou doest well, shall not thou be accepted? But if thou doest what? Not well, sin light at the... What is that in reference to? The sacrifices, right? One of the sacrifices was whose will? The will of God. And the other sacrifice was? The will of men. And the Lord came down and he, what did he put before Cain? The same thing he put before Alexander. Right? And he says, if you do well, you'll be accepted. If not, sin, light at the, at the door. Okay, let's continue. Amen. Amen. Daniel 4 and verse 35. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. This is Nebuchadnezzar speaking. And he doeth what? Who, he's talking about the God of heaven. That's after he was humble, right? So who do, who do according to their will? God. Only a God can do according to his will, right? So it says, he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of what? So man don't get to do anything according to their will among the inhabitants of the earth. Then it says, and none can stay his hand or say to him, what doest? What doest thou? But who could come down and say, what doest thou? Adam, where art thou? Only God could come down and check. Go to, let us go down and see the tower that they built. Only the one who could do according to his will can check, can come down and do whatever he wants to. Amen? Let us continue. Let's go to Luke 12, verse 16. Now we know this parable, right? It says, and he spake a parable uh, unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room to be where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will bestow all my fruits and my goods. Where is this man getting this idea from? His own heart. Right? Then it says, And I will say to my soul, Right? He already tell you who he's talking to. So, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine what? Ease, eat, drink, and be. What, what spirit is that? Can I went over? It's the spirit of Rome. Right? I'm not, I don't want to do anything. Right? Yes. Right? The same spirit. Eat, drink, and, and be merry. Right? And God, but God said unto him, Thou what? Fool, this night thy soul shall be. What did Daniel say to Belshazzar? This night, right? Because he was eating, drinking, and being merry. Because he locked up Babylon and he said, Babylon have enough stores here. Isn't that what he did? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did the very same thing. Amen? Go ahead. Amen. Right? Amen. All scripture is given for what? Therefore, any scripture will teach you. You all will come up with. We will find many stories that teach this same truth. Why? Because now the Lord is kind of pouring that into our minds, right? Back then we read some of these things and we lock them to specific things because our minds wasn't ready for that. Now the Lord is pouring. Out, look, 
I've been looking at Genesis, I'm see you, Michelle. I've been looking at Genesis 8 and 11. And it's all about marriage. And it's all about the Sabbath. Why? Because those are the two institutions that got every scripture in the Bible teach you about marriage and the Sabbath. Every single one of them have to. Or else, God didn't plant those institutions in Eden. You follow? Everything. Right? So all scripture is given for doctrine, for instruction in righteousness. Amen? Michelle? Saul. Saul, yes. Amen. You know what that teaches? God told the people all that would have happened to them if Nimrod became king. That's what it teaches. Right? Just take that, bring it back there. And you see that the people knew if they chose Nimrod, God, what would have happened. But what did they do anyway? He chose Nimrod, you say? Just to add to what he what he just said, we could go even further. That means the angels that followed after after Lucifer, they also knew what Lucifer was going to do. Yes. It was clear to them that what clear. Satan is going to do, he's going to do this, he's going to do that. And could have been touching on that for the last few days, right? The Lord showed them their what? Their end. Their end mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, the root stays in the ground. Yes. Yep. The Lord keeps cutting the tree down, right? But he's leaving the stump, right? This is what is leaving the stump in the ground, right? And every time the tree grows back, it's same spirit. Amen? And even more branches. That's another thing you see. Look at a tree outside that had the stump cut. And see how much branches it sprouts back, right from that stump. And if you let them all grow, each one of those become a trunk in some right. Right? And that, that's, that's really what happens. It sprouts way more trunks than it had the first time. The only way to stop it is to burn it. The only way is to uproot it. Right? Burn it. The only way to, in fact, that's how people get tree stumps out of the ground when they can't afford heavy equipment. They burn it. They dig a hole in it and they drop fire inside it. Right? So, let us continue. And he thought to himself, saying, verse 17, What shall I do because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there I will bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, I read that already, Soul, thou hast... Thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Job down to verse 21. So, he, so is he that laid up treasure for himself is not rich towards God. And the Lord says, who then is a what? So the Lord takes that story and now he's explaining who is a faithful and wise steward. Whom the Lord shall make ruler over his household and give to them their portion of meat in due season. Blessed is that servant whom when his Lord whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Of a truth I say unto you, that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But, and if that servant shall say in his heart, My what? My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to do what? Beat the men, servants, and maidens, and to do what? Eat, drink, and be? Uh, in other words, he's pulling down his old store to build for 
new story. Everybody see, just bring it together. Amen? It doesn't say it here. It says, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him. Thou fool, right? Amen. And at an hour he is not away, will what? Cut him asunder and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And that servant, which what? Which knew what? His Lord's will and did what? And neither did according to his will shall be beaten with how? So those who do according to their own will will be beaten with many stripes, right? Amen. Did he do according to his own will? Yes, right? It's true, right? The, I'm, 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 I'm only trying to paint a picture of what it means to do according to your own will. And here, say again. Yes. And here, the result of doing according to your own will is what? Beaten with? Think about our Think about our country. This is all this is about. It's about our country. Remember what A.T. Jones said. What is the purpose of Daniel 11 and Daniel 8? To bring us where? So what is the purpose of the scriptures? Because Gabriel says, And now I will show thee what? The truth contain where? Now I will show thee the scripture of? Of truth. Daniel 11. Amen? So the whole Bible is to bring us where? To these United States. Amen? That's the whole point. So when we read about this, this parable here, it's about whom? It's about this leader who's going to do according to his, his will. Amen? Is the leader a servant? Yes, the Bible says, Nebuchadnezzar, my servant. Amen? Let us continue. Let us drop down to Numbers 15, verses 30. It says, the soul that doeth art But the soul that doeth art presumptuously, whether he be born in the land or a stranger, the same reproacheth the Lord, and that soul shall be what? Cut off. Cut off. So presumption is to do according to your will. But he hath despised the word of the Lord, and hath broken his commandment, that soul, sorry, because he hath, that soul shall utterly be cut off. So Alexander was cut off. Why? Because he did presumptuously. The Lord showed him the truth. But what did he do? He took that truth and he turned it into a lie. Amen? He did presume. He thought he was going to last forever. Right? Yes. Amen. That's, that's Saul. That's David. That's everyone who ever sinned. Practically. Right? But I know what you're saying. I'm just saying. I may, I'm still making the point that when we read these things, we have to see that all the scriptures... Is teaching us about the same thing. It's to bring us to that one word, which is Christ. That's all the scripture is doing, bringing our focus to Christ. Amen? All right. Because all these things that wicked men doing, where are they getting it from? From Christ. So as we see the wickedness, we also have to see the good in it. Everybody's following? It's important. The student of prophecy, his mind should be ticking. Amen. Go ahead. So remember, um, we read that he was shown the sanctuary and the prophecies of Daniel. And he had to make a decision whether he was going to call the son of God or the son of... And he chose to be called the son of Jupiter. He wanted to be a son, just not the son of God. Right? Amen. 
Let us go to James. It says, Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such, such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not, sorry, yes, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanishes away. That's Alexander, right? Little time vanishes away. For that he ought to say, if what? If the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is what? It's evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Alexander didn't sin until God showed him the sanctuary. Right? Not until... God told him what was expected of him, and he didn't do it. Now the Lord took action. So what is the Lord raising up a people to do at the end of the world? To show them what the Lord's will is. Remember, the priest met Alexander. Amen? And, and I do want to understand how we're going to meet these men. I do myself, because this man must get a message from God. Because to do according to your will is to go against what God says. Not to take all nations captive. Was Alexander taking all nations captive? But that's not what it meant he did according to his will. He did according to his will when he went against prophecy. When he went against the express written word of God. Now it's counted that he did according to his will. That's what Daniel 11.3 is teaching us. Yes. Which means our president is going to do something that is expressly against God's written word. When we see it, now we have to understand that that part of Daniel 11.3 is now fulfilled. Everybody understand that? Amen? We have to take, um, study the things that are taking place around us and do what? Compare them with the predictions of God's word. I had Michelle and then you quit. Oh, you too? Okay. Go ahead, Michelle. Amen. And he was given what? Prophecy. Amen. He was given prophecy. Daniel told him, that tree is you. Right? I want you to keep in mind. Now I want you to keep in mind. Every ruler of every nation goes through that process. Keep that in mind. No ruler, Michelle, hold on, you have other hands. No ruler in the history of the world. Rashad was making a point earlier. Genghis Khan, he says what, Rashad? That he, he is the, the punisher of God. He's the punisher of God. Where do you think he got that from? God told him that. God told him that. And you know why he got off the sin? Because he did something that God told him not to do. Right? That's it. The nation goes down when you do according to your will. And according to your will, keep that in mind. It's important because we're going to miss whatever is going to happen in this nation 
because we might see something happening in the world. But the Bible says it's a, something against God's word is what is according to his will. And we'll get to that a little more. Quinton, you got a point? Yes, because so, um, that's your father. Yeah, so yes. Alexander was shown the ways of God. He was shown the rulership and laws of God. But Amen. He chose to see, subject himself to a different system. Amen. Sante? I just saw the verse tonight, John 15, 22. Mm -hmm. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had... Amen. Right? Amen. Now the Lord spoke to them. Now they have no more cloak. Alexander had no more cloak for his for his sin. John 15, 22. Go ahead. So therefore we should see something in in this land where that the cloak is gone now. Because because oh yeah, yeah, you said already there there has to be someone that would go to him and tell him these these things that mm -hmm. he is in in here in this verse and exactly. this is his verse, exactly. then he's gonna turn from it. Exactly, amen. So the message Look, we may go or this video may reach him. However the Lord designs it, it's going to get to him. Yeah. This is the point. It has to. Some truth has to get there. But one of the, truth, one of the truths that must get there is, a, is, a, is the Constitution. And we'll see it. The Lord has, either the Lord makes the Constitution forceful to this president, or, but obviously it's going to be combined with something that he's teaching us. Something in God's... Because the Constitution is God's word. Everybody understand that? The Constitution is God's word. Right? Yes, it was written by... He, it's God's word. This is what we must understand. The Declaration of Independence is what? It's God's word. Right? So, let us continue. Let us look now what it means to be broken. Because he says, When he shall stand up, his kingdom shall be broken. And this standing up and doing according to, the, to his will is going against God's word. Amen? It says, let's go to 1 Corinthians. It says, Wherefore, let him that take, thinketh he standeth take heed lest he, lest he fall. Job 17, 11. My days are part, past. My purposes are what? Even what? So what is the Lord breaking? Where, what, what was the, what's the problem? It's the imagination of the hearts is what the Lord dealing with. Amen? We don't know what's in his heart, but we do know what's in his heart because the Bible tells us what's in his heart. Because the scripture is a discerner of the, th intents of the, and of the thoughts and intents of the, of the heart. Right? So when they, say, um, when they say, you don't know my heart, as a, if you're proud, you will say yes. But as a Christian, you, tr you turn them to the scriptures. Amen? We are not to stand and say, yes, I know. No, say, look, the Bible has shown me this concerning you. Right? And let the Bible bear sway. Amen? Amen. All right. Next text, Second, 1 Samuel 2.10, it says, The adversaries of the Lord shall be what? Broken, Broken to pieces out of what? How is he going to break them? Out of, amen, Romario. Out of heaven he shall what? Thunder among them. Take our minds to Genesis uh, 11. Where did the Lord come from? He says, go to, let us what? Let us go down, right? What follows thunder? Let's see. And what did the Lord use to break up the tower? 
therefore the Lord thundered. Amen? All right, let us continue. Let's look at Proverbs 6. Let's look at the last verse, 15. It says, Therefore shall his calamity come how? Suddenly. Suddenly shall he be broken without, and he shall come to his end, and none shall help. Look, I want us to see, this is talking about every leader, the papacy, Darius, Cyrus. Every single leader is written in his words. Right? We must see that. Right? No one... Who could have helped Trump? And that's what the Bible says. He shall come to his end and none shall help him. They tried to overturn the election, did they not? Who could have helped him? No one. Okay? These, because, because it's parallels and it's what? Lessons. Amen? But when we look at Trump, we see that the lesson that he shall come to his end and none shall help him. Amen? Let us continue. Isaiah, Isaiah 5 says, Woe to them that are wise in there. And Romans says, um, they professing to be wise, they become fools. And to become a fool then is to have a war pronounced against you. And prudent in their own sight. Woe to them that are what? That are tyrants to drink wine. And men of strength to mingle Strong drink, which justify the wicked for reward and take away the righteousness of the righteous before him. What is the righteousness of the United States? Val, stay with us. What is the righteousness of the United States, Val? So what is the Bible saying here? Woe to them that take away what? The constitution, the righteousness of the righteous. Right? So those who are righteous in the United States will follow the constitution of these United States. Amen? And there is a war pronounced on anyone who would remove that document. Amen? Michelle? What kings? No, no. It was just a group of men. No, it was the people. These men were not, they were not um, presidents. They were just men whom the people chose to represent their interests in that meeting. Right? So it was the people that made the Constitution. Keep that in mind. Always the people. Amen? Okay, let's go to Genesis. Sorry, let's continue. Therefore, as a fire devoured stubble, and a flame consumeth the chaff, so their what? Root shall be as rottenness, and their blossom shall go up as dust. Because they have cast away what? I should highlight that. The law of the Lord of hosts and despise the what? The word of the Holy One of Israel. Now let's go to Genesis 11. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may what? Reach unto heaven. Why? Because he said, I will ascend unto the Most High. Right? Then it says, and let us make us a what? Name. I will sit on the sides of the north. Right? Because who sits on the side of the north? The one who is beautiful for situation, right? The joy of the whole earth. And there is no other name upon under heaven by which men must be. And what was the anti what was Nimrod and them doing? Trying to save themselves, right? With their own name. Amen? Let's continue. Lest we be what? Why, why, why they say lest we be scattered? We know the story. Because God told them to scatter, right? So they're saying we ain't going nowhere. We're going to build this tower. And Ellen White teaches that the reason for building the tower 
is one, to see where the flood came from. They wanted to go above the clouds to ascertain the cause of the flood. And two, to, to save themselves from another flood. Now, go ahead, go ahead. Yes. 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 So we punish with a flood. So let's build a tower. Yep. So because we don't scatter, the Lord can't punish us. You know, because we will escape the punishment. Wait, go back to. Go to quickly. Go to Romans um, one. As I read it, Romans one, and somebody read the last verse. It's not in. The, it's not. It's in the bottom bottom of these notes. But quickly go to Romans one and read the last verse for me. Anyone? Just read the last verse. Who what? Knowing Knowing what? Knowing the judgment. Right? Continue. Who knowing the judgment of God, that that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Okay, so that's what Canard said. They knew if they didn't scatter, what was going to happen? The judgments of God was going to be upon them. But the Bible says, professing themselves to be wise, they became... They became fools. They made the tower for escape the judgment. Yep. Yep. And that's, isn't that what Ellen White says? Yeah. Right? The more calamities come, what do they do? The more they run to Sunday. They run to the false refuge. Right? The asylum. Right? They run to that asylum. Amen. So, it says, um, verse 5. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do. And now nothing will restrain them from that from which they have what? From which they have what? It's the, the tower. Was the, so Nimrod, I was talking with Shane, Nimrod is the tower. The tower is only a representation of what was in the heart of Nimrod, in the tyrant, right? So what we're seeing now in this country is only an illustration of what's in the heart of Capitol Hill. Right? Let us continue. Drop down to the quote, bottom of page 7. There are tower builders when? In our time. Infidels construct their what? Theories from what? Follow the science. Have we heard that a lot? Follow the science. Coronavirus, follow the science. You need booster number four. That's what the science said, right? What are they building? A tower. Amen? It says, and reject what? The revealed word of? This is what they're going to do here. He's going to do according to to his will. It says, they presume to pass sentence upon God's what? Moral government. They despise his law and boast of the sufficiency of human reason. Then, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore, the what? The heart of the sons of Jupiter is fully set in them to do what? Evil. Alexander was fully set to do an evil, and the Lord took his life. This is what he's teaching. We don't have to see what Alexander was going to do, something very cruel. And the Lord says, He that thou come, and no further. Amen? 
Yep. Before probation, taking Alexander, he was restrained in the spirit. Yes. Yes. Stopping the papacy, restrained in the spirit. But when Michael stands up, no, no more restraint. Amen. No more going to restrain this evil ever again. Amen. Yep. Amen. Next quote. When a man puts his dependence in anything or anybody except whom, he loses what? Alexander lost everything. Nimrod lost. Roman 798 lost. Um, pagan Rome lost. The Jews lost. CC from man whose breath is in his nostril. Right? It says, even the manliness that is in him. It, it was that which made the governments possible in the what? So the first time you saw a government on earth was where? Nimrod. So Nimrod sets the rule for how many governments that follow? All governments. It matters not whether it's communism, whether it's socialism, whether it's republic. Every government that follows Nimrod that doesn't follow God's law is going to have the characteristics from what happened at Babel. Amen? So this is why you could see Babylon, Media, Persia, Grisha, and Rome in that story. Right? They all bear the same characteristics. Because when they knew God, they glorified Him, not as God. Right? And became vain in their imagination. Right? That's what the Bible is teaching. Now, married people, does God have a government in the home? Yes. Right? And so, do we know God? But if we glorify Him not as God, what's going to happen in our marriages? Chaos. What happened at the Tower of Babel when God came down? Chaos. Why? They didn't follow the true government. There is an order in the home, right? And when that order is broken, what happens? Immediately? Nah, for a time they were permitted to build that tower and everything seemed to be at peace. Right, but Isaiah says, it will be sudden. The calamity will come how? All of a sudden you look at it and you're like, man, I thought that, that couple was a very nice couple. How they divorce? Man, they have not been following the government of heaven. This is teaching us the Sabbath. When we don't follow the Sabbath, what's going to happen? The Sunday law. Suddenly, it's going to be upon you. Amen? All scripture is given for doctrine. Amen? We, could, we should be able to take any scripture and teach anything. Right? And this is what the Lord, the, I praise God, He's bringing, the pioneers did it. They did it. This is where we're getting a lot of that. They did it. Which means we can too. Amen? Let us continue. It says, Nimrod, seeing this, took advantage of it to what? To exalt himself. And from the days of Nimrod to the what? What does it say? Are we there? Page 8. To the present time, men in what? Organized forms called what? Have what? Upon what? The weakening and what? Unmanning of the? Of the who? That's how despotism is raised up. You have to weaken and unman the people. Or in other words, take away their manliness. Now we need to know what manliness means. Right? Let us go into the thing. Right? It says, manliness. 
It means the qualities of a man. Dignity, bravery, and boldness. Paul said, the Bible says, let us come home before the throne. Okay, if they take that away from us, we're losing our manliness. Amen? Let's see what dignity means. Because I wanted to see that one. This one is nice. Dignity. I, I, had a underst- I thought I had an understanding of what dignity is. I now have a new appreciation for the word dignity. Listen to it. True honor, nobleness, or what? What is dignity? Let this mind be in you, which was? True dignity is having the mind on the third angel's message always. Amen? Continue on. Consisting of a high sense of what? Propriety, truth, and justice with an abhorrence of mean and sinful actions. That's what dignity is. Not a man who dresses nice, but is, but is stealing people's money in the corporate bank. But everybody look at him as a high and mighty man, dignified. No, that man does not abhor sin. No dignity, right? But the man, that homeless guy over there, who hates the sin of the city, he's just on hard times. That man is dignified. But we look at the outward, right? Dignity has to do with the heart, amen? And only God can tell who has dignity and who has not. But he has given us a tool to check to the law and to the testimony, right? Let us look at what it means to be unmanned then. No, matter of fact, let's read this last bold. The man who deliberately does what? Injures another, whether what? You know, you have to know what a male and a female is to be dignified. You need to know what is male and what is female, or you cannot have dignity. Everybody's following? It says, whether male or female has no true dignity of, of soul, unmanned. It means deprived of the qualities of a man. So in order, amen. So in order for governments to exalt themselves, they must deprive you of your dignity, your boldness, and your bravery. Right? I'll leave, I'll, I'll leave boldness and bravery for you to look up. But keep that in mind. They must take away your abhorrence for sin. That's what dignity is, an abhorrence for sin. And in order for governments to rule you and exalt themselves among you, they have to take away your abhorrence for sin. Go ahead, Quinton. Um, dignity is like, it's our own personal constitution. Amen. Right? Because who tells you what is right and what is wrong? The conscience, right? Okay, let us go down to the next section. Declaration of Independence. He says, what's the first word? We, right? We hold these truths to be self-evident that what? There's dignity, right? All men are created equal and they are endowed by their what? This is what Quinton was saying. Their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are what? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Go ahead, Kinnard. Yeah. Nope. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. 
So what do you have to do in order to get them into society? Destroy the constitution. Do according to your will. Right? You must do according to your own will. Because what's the will of God? The constitution. The only way to get these people into society is to take away the constitution. Amen. Which means our current Amen. Our current administration is going to do something that expressly goes against the constitution. We no it, it's it's we have to see it how when long before it happens. This is what this is showing. When we see Rome, who do we really see? The United States. This is what the Bible is doing. He's showing us this so that we can see what is coming. Go ahead. Amen. So that was showing what, what he will actually do. Yep. That's what Satan does, right? He accuses you of what he is doing. Amen. So let's continue. What's the meaning of constitution? It says the act of, just read the bowl, the act of what? The act of establishing. What is the constitution? What, what does constitution mean? The act of, so the document that we have, is the act of God in establishing these United States. Amen. Amen? All right, let's continue. The number three. The frame or what? Quinton, there's your personal constitution, right? The frame or temper of the... So when we, what we see in, in our nation's capital is telling us where they are within the constitution. Right? The next one. The established form of government in a state kingdom or country and the last one says a system of fundamental principles for the government of a what rational, rational or reasonable right because that's what rational means to be reasonable and social beings right god's people have to be reasonable and god's people have to gather every sabbath amen reasonable and social right so we have a constitution amen all right Let's just read the next part there. Can I read, read all that stuff? So I, I don't think I want to go over it again, but yes, can I read that? We, the people of the United States, establish what they do? They establish the what? The Constitution. Right, that's what it means, to establish. Now drop down to page 10. Right? E remember, the people is each individual man. Right? And this is something I want. Each individual what? So what should we know the definition of? What is the definition of a man? All right, let's keep going. Uh, we'll come back to that. It says the principle of a Republican government, that is the Christian principle. Right? So this nation was founded on a Christian principle. Amen? Page 10, before Nimrod. Everybody see that? Rashad, I'm going to go over it. Before Nimrod, you see that? It says before Nimrod, there was what? Society. Respect of what? Of the rights and, the, of, and uh, of persons and their property was maintained. It was only when what? Okay, national apostasy leads to what? So when we see national apostasy, Nimrod is back. 
Everybody follow? It says, only when the apostasy grew and men got farther and farther from God that what? The monarchical idea was what? A new constitution. Right? A new constitution. I mean, I praise God. You know why? It was always here all this time in Genesis. That, that's, what, that's how I feel. I was like, Lord, this whole, whole, this whole 1260 constitution, all that was just right here in the book of Genesis. Man, praise God. New light is not independent of the, of the old. Praise God. So here, Nimrod, in order to have a new government, must go against what? The Constitution of the United States and what? The Declaration of Independence. Amen? Nimrod is a tyrant, which means currently we have a tyrant in office. Amen? Let us continue. Let us look at Genesis 9. If Nimrod went against the Constitution, God would have to establish it before then. Amen? Let us go to Genesis 9, verse 1. It said, And God blessed Noah and his sons, and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and do what? Where is God repeating that from? From Eden, right? Be fruitful and? What did he give Adam when he told him, Be fruitful and multiply? A land. Right? So what is God giving Noah? A land. Right? When you get a land, what do you need in the land? A constitution and a declaration of independence. By God giving you the land, he's declaring you independent. Everybody's following? All right, let's continue. It says, Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed for in the what? Image of God made he? All right. So, what does the Declaration of Independence say? Every man has the right to what? Life, liberty, and what? So, to take a man's life is to do what? Go against the declaration of? So when God told Noah, if you kill, your life is going to be required. What is he telling Noah? That all men has the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. There's your declaration of independence in Genesis chapter 8. Yes, verse 6, verse 7. Right? So you still need to know what a man is. Amen? All right, let's continue. Genesis 9 and verse 9, verse 8. We're looking now at the Constitution. And God spake unto Noah and his sons, and saying unto him, and to his sons with him, saying, And behold, I what? What? What is he doing? He's establishing, the, he's giving them a Constitution. Right? He gave them the Declaration of Independence. Kill no man. Till the land is yours. You're free. Right? But he says, I am establishing a law in this land. A law that governs you. Right? And note, the Lord, the Lord didn't tell Noah, make a covenant with me. The Lord says, I'm giving you this covenant. This is God's covenant. This has nothing to do with Noah. Everybody sees that? So when you go against the constitution, you're going against God. God gave man that. Right? So, continuing on. Verse 12 says, it is for perpetual generations right the constitution as a document should go on forever amen all right the constitution that the united states received in 1776 okay the constitution 1789 was the declaration of independence no what came first 
1789 Declaration of Independence, 1776. Don't quote me the, the, the date. The point that I'm making is when the founding fathers wrote what they wrote, it was new light that was not independent of the old. It was God giving them the statutes like he gave Moses the statutes to explain the law. The law was always there. The constitution is love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might, and love thy neighbor as thyself. The constitution of the United States is just an explanation of these two laws. Everyone's following? All right. So continuing on, Genesis 1.26, the Bible says, and let us make what? Man in our image. Verse 27, so God created what? And how did he describe man? Male and? Male and female, right? There is your definition for man. Everybody understand? Man is male and? Female. Okay, let's look at man. Genesis 3.19 says, In the sweat of thy face thou shalt what? Eat bread till? Till thou return to the ground. This is what he gave to man. Adam, right? So the man is the one that works. Right? That, those are the characteristics of man. Let's see again what he says. Genesis 17. As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a what? Father of many nations. Neither shall thy name no more be called Abraham, but, they sh but, but thy name shall be called Abraham for a what? Father of many nations I have made thee. What is a man? A father. Only a man could be a father. The man is the father. The man is the tiller of the soil. The Bible defines man clearly. Canard brought it up the other day. A father is the originator. The father is the only one who could originate seed. Right? So if you want to know what a man is, he has to be able to originate seed. No woman who transitions into, into this, um, you know, male organ. No, you're not a man. It's impossible because you cannot originate seed. Amen? Let's look at the definition for woman. Easy. It's in the scriptures. Genesis 3.16. And unto the woman he said, I will multiply, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and in thy what? Conception. I should have highlighted that. What can a woman do? Conceive. Conceive. Only a woman. Right? And then he says, in thy sorrow thou shalt what? Why he didn't say that to the man? Because he can't bring forth children. Right? And then he says, and thy desire shall be where? To thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Revelation 12. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven. A what? A woman clothed with the sun. Verse 12. And she being with what? There's your definition for what a woman is. She being with child, traveling in birth, pain to be delivered. And now let's look at... Amen. A seed has to be planted. Amen. Now let's look at the Galatians 4. It says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman. This is what Canard is saying. There's the father, right? Now, one last thought, and we'll stop here. And because I'm addressing this current administration, they've muddied the waters as to what is a woman and a man. But you know what people don't realize? That is destroying the Constitution. That's what people don't realize. People think to attack the Constitution is the Second Amendment. You know, to say, take away the guns. That's, that's the, 
Satan is more subtle than that. He's taking it away by changing the definition of what male and female is. Because if he changes it, now you can't say every man has the right to life. Because you know what? I'm not a man. That's gender, archetypes, and I'm a they. I'm not a him. I'm not a she. I'm a they. We need a new constitution. We need, we need something that's inclusive. Right? We have to see these things. And I praise God he's showing us these things. Amen? That's what Daniel 11, 3 and 4 was teaching us all along. I praise God for it. Right? All that is in those two little verses, man. He shall do according to his will. This is what he's doing right now. He's doing according to his will. Everyone's following? All right. It says, the last thought is equality. Because this, this is what is bringing all these things, right? Equality. Where does that stem from? Genesis chapter 3, verse 5. For God doth know it, that in the day ye eat of the fruit, then your eyes shall be, and ye shall be what? Equal with God. Knowing what? Good and evil. But let's see how the Lord deals with that. Because the Bible says, when he shall stand up, he shall be what? Broken. Let's see what the Lord deals with one who thinks he's equal with God. Did Alexander thought he was equal with God? Does Nimrod think he was equal with God? And the Bible says, when he is strong, he shall be broken. Genesis 3, verses 22, it says, And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as what? One of us to know. So the Lord acknowledges it. Right? Okay, could you have two fathers in one marriage? Yeah, but somebody got to go. Amen? All right. Ah, yes. Amen. Amen. It says, verse 23. Let us go to verse 23. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from what? From the garden. And the garden is a symbol for that nation. Right? The garden is, is America the garden? Yes. What happened in 1798? What happened? Uh, yes, that, that, that's true. It was the tender plant, right? And as a tender plant, where do you put a plant? In the garden. America is in the garden. And the Bible says, when they know good and evil, the Bible says the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he what? He drove out the man. The Lord... Amen. Oh, you're ahead of me. I didn't look. Praise God. So the Lord is about to divorce this man. Right? But what we see in this man is only foreshadowing the papacy. And this is what we have to see. All that we see in Alexander is only foreshadowing the papacy. Amen? Go ahead. No, that's the thing. That's the thing. Adam still didn't get his own because by sinning, he placed himself in greater subjection to God. 
right? Why? Because Adam can't create. So if God tells him go get his own home, what is he going to do? Exactly. He'll just die because there is not a place found for him, right? So the, it's mercy that allowed God to give Adam this second probation, amen? So I trust that as we go through these things, we want to see that they're attacking your life, your liberty, and your pursuit of happiness. It's no longer a government for the people, by the people, of the people, right? However, you and I need to be a government for ourselves, by ourselves, of ourselves. You all understand? When each man governs himself, you have a republic. That's why they're going to try to kill God's people at the end of the world. Because there's a last little remnant of the republic that is going nowhere. Right? When each man governs himself for themselves, by themselves, the papacy cannot have the mastery. Satan cannot have supremacy until all men give up their ability to govern themselves, by themselves, of themselves. That's the choice we have. Right? It comes down to choice at the end of the day. That we can choose to worship God or we can choose to disobey God. And in disobeying God, you're choosing Satan. It doesn't matter whether you choose him or not. Just disobey God, you're already automatically, by default, choosing the other side. So I trust that, that, that we, we, we see these things in light of what's taking place among us. Not, not so much so, you know, everybody's looking at the papacy. Nobody's seeing uh, their president. Okay? Yes. Yes. Yep. So, we'll stop here. I have a few more studies I would really like to put to bring um, on this particular topic. If the Lord so desire that we keep going through this, I'll, I'll I'll bring it out if the Lord changes it. Well, He changes it, but I encourage you to go study it yourself. And I'll be honest with you, it's just there for the reading. Find the part, just go in the pioneer and type Nimrod. That's it. Just type Nimrod. And just read the articles which these men use this name Nimrod. And you'll see all the, man, it's just, it's just nice. You'll see all the truths that the Lord has been teaching us laid out by these men in, in basic, simple language that all of us could understand. No, no big hoopla. We just need to read it, take it in. Let the Holy Spirit bring scriptures to mind that fits in these. And even in that, you, build a, you could build a study. Just like that. You build a study. And that's how simple it is that the Lord has put these things there for, for, for our own benefit and use so that we understand what is happening, what has happened, and what is to come. Amen? All right. We'll close here with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we'd like to thank you for this day's gathering, Lord. We, we thank you for giving us the patience, Lord, to sit and to listen and to try to understand these things. Lord, I ask that you give us the same patience in our homes to open the scriptures, to open the writings, uh, to let the dead speak, Lord, in the, through their writings, and that we may learn, Lord, of the past, the present, and the future, that the third angel's message will engross the whole mind and the whole attention.
We ask that you will forgive us, Lord, where we failed you. We pray and ask, Lord, that when we go away here, that we'll all go away uh, with, with, with new thoughts. Lord, gathering up the fragments, taking, taking it back, Lord, to a place of abode and to those that we come in contact with, that we can share with them these truths, that we all can feast uh, upon the Word of God. Help us, Lord, to be co-laborers with you. Uh, help us, Lord, first to surrender our wills to yours. That way we may be able to be used by you in service that our light may shine before men and that they may see your, your, glor your glory uh, in heaven. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.